Welcome to episode 50 of the Catfish and Ice Podcast. This is Chad Benton with Rich Howe and Colin Bloom. We missed y'all. We had a whole week off between episodes. We depressed from Fred's season coming to an end. And But we missed y'all. We missed all of our listeners and followers. And now we're bringing you a big, jam-packed episode. Episode 50. This is the Expansion Draft Edition which is coming up quicker than you know it, a little over a month away until the GMs have to have their protection list in. That's going to be on July 17th. This this is going to come quick, so we're going to get ready for it tonight with episode 50. How are the guys doing tonight? We're, ha- we're hanging in there. It's uh, it's playoff night for my Phoenix Suns, so kicking off yep. the, uh, the semifinals, playing is against there the... Any, uh, hey, hey. Uh, Colin, is there any room on that bandwagon for me to jump on board? <laughs> There's plenty of room. Plenty of room. All right. Well, it's, it's been very lonely for the last decade, so please feel all free. Right. Well, gu- well, guess what? I'm going to jump on there and get me a seat because <laughs> I watched I watched that uh, Phoenix Suns game the other night where they eliminated uh, LeBron James's Lakers, and I got to tell you, that is a fun team to watch. Yeah. They play they play some team basketball right there. They are. I played, I played youth basketball. It was actually my favorite sport growing up as a kid. I was never talented enough to actually go anywhere with it, but it was actually my favorite sport to play, and I can appreciate team basketball, and that's how the Suns seem to play. So, Oh, yeah. That, I mean, was, that was cool. There, there's no big three. I mean, there's Devin Booker, there's you know, there's uh, DeAndre Ayton, and there's Chris Paul, but they're not like the big three of like your Brooklyn. So they're, yeah. they're a lot more they're a lot more easy to love, I would say. But no, it's a fun team. They do play team basketball. Monty is my favorite coach since probably Mike D'Antonio. So and he's probably the first real coach we've had since Mike D'Antonio. So yeah, I, I, I'm excited. It's the first time I've been excited, and literally, it's been 11 years uh, since the Suns even went into the playoffs. And so that's that's the Steve Nash era to, yeah. to kind of give it some perspective. And now Steve Nash is coaching. Brooklyn Nets, which has me tore up because I don't want to see them win, but I want to see him win. But no, it's a it's a fun run. I mean, it's 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 good to see. I mean, the, the Lakers. That was really kind of the plateau. Everything else is gravy from here on out. So yeah. we'll take it. Yeah. Rich, Rich, how's your week, man? It was good. Just uh, hanging out. It's nice and uh, humid here in the Kentucky region. Nice uh, and humid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, summer's upon us. So you know, summer is upon us. I feel like people are getting out again. They're uh, being safe about it, and it's awesome to see. And so uh, we got the offseason here for us for the Preds, but we are all about the expansion draft tonight. That is our main topic for the episode. Before we get to that, our main sponsor is DraftKings, and we were just talking about the NBA playoffs are in full force, and they are exciting. And there's a lot of teams out there who could pull this off who have not won a championship in a long time. So it is now's the time to really be getting in on this action right now. And DraftKings has an awesome deal right now where you can play in these uh, pools for free to enter. And you can win tens of thousands of dollars. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's slate of basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. This is free to play, everybody, and it's a lot of fun, I can tell you. So go download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up and you get your free shout free shot at up to ten thousand dollars in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs there's still a lot of playoffs left too head to the DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes that's promo code thpn for a limited time only at DraftKings. eligibility restrictions apply and see draftkings.com 
for details. So go have fun with that. Answer those questions. It's free to enter, and you can win ten ten thousand dollars. I mean, why wouldn't you try it? Why wouldn't you throw your even if you have to guess every time? Like I probably would have to. Yeah. Hey, who's to say you can't win? So go use our go use our promo code THPN. So let's get in on this action before before we get to that. I had a pretty uh, interesting uh, weekend as well. Uh, of course, some of our listeners probably know I am a diehard Vanderbilt fan. Grew up in Nashville. And so, Colin, I can feel your pain when it comes to watching a team struggle for for years and years and years because as a Vanderbilt football fan, there's very few times when you can ever be uh, excited about anything. And so uh, one thing I do have when it comes to Vanderbilt sports is I got the Vanderbilt baseball team. I got the Vandy boys. And, of course, it is college uh, World Series time, and we're the defending national champions. So I got a, I got a random ticket, sent it out on Facebook or on uh, Twitter, and someone reached out and said, hey, I got a ticket for you. And so I, I go down to West End where uh, Hawkins Field is at, right there in Nashville on Friday evening. Got lucky. Turns out they couldn't figure out a way to transfer the ticket to me. It was last minute. And so they were family of one of the players of the team we were playing, which was Presbyterian, this really small school in uh, South Carolina, was the team that Vanderbilt was playing. Huge mismatch. and uh, But w- the mother of the catcher of Presbyterian, um, she uh, ended up giving me a ticket to go to the game, attend. But it, the, here was the caveat. I had to sit in the Presbyterian section with the parents. <laughs> they even oh. told they even told me, hey, uh, take off that Vanderbilt hat. I'm like, you know what? That's fair. That's a fair request. Yes, you got me in this game. And so it was awkward the whole time because, of course, Vanderbilt was the far, far very superior team. And um, I didn't want to cheer. Every time Vanderbilt did something good, I was, like, sitting on my hands. I'm like, I can't cheer. I'm sitting with the parents. <laughs> like, this would, like, be horrible. And, like, and you the, got a free ticket. the pitcher's – the starting pitcher's mom was sitting next to me, and her son was having a really rough outing. And I was just like trying to be positive. I'm like, ma'am, I'm like, your son, how many people can say they're where your son's at right now? He's on national TV pitching against future major league players. I was trying to be super positive and supportive to her. She was ready to punch some of these hecklers who were heckling her son. And I'm like, I got your back on this one. I totally get it. But it ended up being a really fun night watching some baseball. And watching the Bandy Boys, and so uh, that was, was that's kind of that's kind of what happened over the weekend. I was gonna say Vanderbilt had some pretty notorious uh, fans, from what I've heard. Yes, they have a whistler. Especially who, the, they, the whistler is still there. Isn't they it? have a whistler who, even me as a Oof. fan, I cannot stand the whistler. It's it's yeah. it's it's unbearable. But so um, do? tell me about that. What's he do? Just... The Van the Vandy whistler just basically nonstop whistles while the other team is uh, pitching and the, but the whistler only whistles when Vandy has runners in scoring position. That is one of the people, one of the rules that people don't realize you will not hear the Vandy whistler whistle. If there's nobody on base or if someone's on first, but as soon as runners get in scoring position, this whistler is unbearable, like nonstop. That sounds annoying. He's gotten kicked out. Of, he's gotten kicked out of Omaha yeah. in the College World Series. Yes. Of it, so yeah, it drives wow. a, it drives opposing fans crazy, especially if they're not Vandy fans crazy. Especially if they're not prepared for it. If they're not prepared for it, then it really drives people crazy. Wow. So uh, yeah, if you're into college baseball, it's a really fun sport to watch. Um, I was going to say, if you watch a Vandy game, you will hear this Vandy whistler. I promise you. From a, from a Vandy baseball perspective, so obviously I'm a Suns fan. I'm also a Dimebacks fan, and the one thing I will never forgive our management for doing is trading away Dansby Swanson Ooh, to this yeah. day. To this day, it is, it is so painful because the yeah. guy we traded him for 
not even not hasn't yeah. been in our in our team for years. It is so uh, Shelby Miller. That was who yep. it was. I'm, I'm I'm still very bitter about it, but I do like some some Dansby Swanson. Yeah, they've got they, they're sit, they're basically a base, baseball factory right now. So it's awesome to see. So that was that was my live sporting event. That was actually my first live sporting event of any magnitude that I've been to since before COVID. So it was oh, wow. actually it felt really good to be out there. Um, so yeah, that was awesome. So, uh, let's get into this cool. hockey talk here because we are a national predators podcast and we are punk. We missed a whole week of Preds talk. And so we are fired up. We are loaded up with some analysis and thoughts and opinions on the expansion draft. Let's get into it. We're going to start off by listing off our personal protection list and let's go ahead and get this ball rolling with, with Colin here, Colin. Let's let us know what format you're going with and who you who yeah. are you protecting on the Preds if you're the GM right now. So I, I got to get some clarification here because I well either way with this, with clarification I'm probably going the eight one route. Um, I, it's I, I got a lot of thoughts on it. So mm-hmm. for me, Granlin being an unrestricted free agent, they have the I guess the the chance to speak to him before anybody else, right? That's, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. So, but the Preds could theoretically still protect him and try to enter into discussion with him. Is that also correct? Well, I don't think it's he's very complicated. I don't think he's eligible yeah. to be taken if he's an unrestricted free agent. So they yeah. don't actually yeah. have to protect Graham or Granlund. Yeah, Granlund's okay. not. That, yeah. yeah, I think I read that he doesn't have. They don't have to worry about him. Yeah, yeah. that, that changes it up then. So for me, uh, my my protection is Philip Forsberg. Pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colton Sissons, Luke Cunning, and. This one kind of sung a little bit, but Callie Arncrook, actually. I would, I would You're going to protect Callie. him. You're going to protect Callie. Yeah. All right. No problem. All right. Say so, so what? Well, yeah, and that leaves, it leaves Arvidsson. I think Arvidsson gets traded. Uh, it leaves Duchesne and Johansson open. I think, you know, they're trying to get rid of one of those. But if they keep both of them, but they don't take either of those two, that still puts us in a pretty good situation because then it leaves you with Eric Halla, Nick Cousins, Brad Richardson. Rocco would be, would be tough to lose. Uh, Trenton would be tough to lose. But that's kind of where I stand on that. So, um and then, uh, yeah, defenseman. Obviously, you know, Romy knows he's got to be on, he's there on the no movement clause. Uh, Ryan Ellis, I know I'm a Ryan Ellis critic, but you know, that's you to protect him. Yeah, Matthias Ekholm. Unless we trade Ryan Ellis for you know the the Jack Eichel, yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. But uh, Matthias Ekholm, I think is another obvious one. Um, I just I'm worried about the contract that we give him because he's 31, he's not getting any younger, so we need to make sure that that contract is friendly. Uh, Dante Fabro would be my, my fourth one there. Um, so you got your yeah. eight there. Yeah, that's my eight. And then, you know, it leaves, it leaves guys that are, you know, kind of obvious ones. Uh, Barwiecki or Barwiecki, uh, Matt, Matt Benning, obviously is, you know, he's good, but he's not that great. Uh, Gabranson. Yeah. Um, Lucas Visa, we don't have to, we don't have to protect. So that's, the, the, I gotta get that uh, in there. So a big one you're leaving exposed mm-hmm. though. You're leaving Rocco Grimaldi exposed. You're yep. leaving... Arvidsson exposed, and you're leaving those two big eyesore contracts exposed of Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne. Yeah, and, and Yakov Trenin too. I mean, Trenin. That, Trenin, be Trenin could be taken. He has played enough games. Mm-hmm. He could be so, taken. It it's it's possible. About him. Yeah. yeah, I don't know Maybe. if Seattle would go that route, but it, you're you would not. That would not be one you would want to lose necessarily. You don't want to lose any of these players no. necessarily. It but, doesn't uh, hurt as bad as some of the other ones. Though. Yes. All so right, that, so that, that's your then, protection list. You can you, we're gonna go we're gonna come back and predict who we think each we're gonna each predict 
who we think the Preds are going to lose, but we're doing our protection list first. So let's go to Rich now. Who are you protect, oh, protecting? UC, UC Soros, my goalie, obviously. No <laughs> way. I didn't <laughs> I know, see that, that coming. Gr- groundbreaking. Whoa, whoa, whoa yeah. wait! You're, you're not you're not protecting Cascasuo, even though he's going to another uh, <laughs> another league. He's not even eligible protection. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Rich, yeah, all right. Rich first off, Lucas Pisa gotta be protected. No, nope. <laughs> you know what? You know what? We're gonna go ahead and cement that onto your list because I'm. You know what? I'm not gonna even let you take it back. That's your protection list. You're protecting Lucas Pisa. Right. You you have to live with the consequences, Rich. All right. So I'm, I went with the seven three one. Oh, okay. You're probably not going to find a more Homer list than mine. Okay. Well, hey, Homer, Homer, Homer might work. Yeah. So obviously, obviously, UC Saros, the three defensemen, Roman Yossi, Ekholm, Ellis. Okay. It's tough because I like Carrier, and I also like Fabro, and it's just that's just a huge toss up. Yeah. Um, Which one of those guys? So I went with the the Homer pick of, of. of uh, Ellis. So, so then forward, obviously Forsberg, Luke Cunning. You can't go wrong with that guy. Probably one of the hardest workers on the team. Callie Yarncroft, keeping him. He was uh, tied for third and uh, no, he was tied for first in goals. Yeah. Last season. Third on the team in points. Solid player. Don't want to get rid of him. Colton Sissons, keep him. Nick Cousins, I'm going to keep him. You're protecting Nick Cousins. I okay. like Nick Cousins. I like All right. Nick Cousins. All right. Ryan Johansson. You're protecting. Yep. Wow. And get ready. Matt Duchesne. You're protecting both $8 million contracts. Here's why. Here's why. All right. Give us give us your thoughts. If you go, if we, I think we talked about it too. If we give him to Seattle, one of those guys, they're going to want us to have some salary. Yeah. And I yeah. don't want to keep. Any of the salary, we're already That's paying for. We're already paying for tourists. Colin brought up a good point. If Shea Weber decides to retire this year, we're going to be paying some cap space for him. Then, if you talk, put one of these guys on top of that, that's even more. That's like six million dollars, seven million dollars, whatever it is. That's a whole other player, a whole other good player. So you make a valid point there. You yeah, do yeah. make a valid yeah. point there. Speaking of Shea Weber and making a lot of money. Uh, right. Cap friendly. Cap friendly put out their most career earnings in NHL history list, <laughs> and uh, Sidney Crosby is now the highest paid player in NHL history. Mm-hmm. Has earned over. Let me see. Let me get this exact. Wow. Okay, I don't have. Yeah. Look at this. So guess who? Guess who is fourth on the all-time list? Shea Weber. Shea Weber has made the fourth most money in NHL history. I mean, he's 100 years old. Number number two is Yarmir Yager. Number three is Alex Ovechkin. So, uh, Shea I mean, Weber is still making that money. And he's earning it. Thanks a lot, Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And guess what, but guess what? Guess what? He's earning it. Shea he Weber, is. Is, it's not like he's some aging player who's not earning it. So, for that, Shea Weber, fourth – Fourth most money in NHL history is pretty cool to see. All right, let's get back. Let's get back on track here. But you said that you brought up Shea Weber, and it made me think of it. So let let me get to my to my list here, and uh, I'm going the eight skaters, one goaltender route here. Of course, I'm protecting UC Soros. 
no questions about that. Let me start with uh, – I'll start with the forwards here. I'm going Philip Forsberg, of course. Uh, I'm expecting Philip Forsberg to get a new contract this offseason. Very, very intrigued to see what that looks like. Does he get overpaid? Does he get overpaid? Has he earned a raise, or does he stick around – or what he's making now. That's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, all right, here's my next player. I also protected Cal Yarncroke, so all three of us protected Yarncroke. Um, I'm a big Yarny fan. I think that if we left him unprotected, that Seattle would be hard-pressed not to take him. So uh, Cal Yarncroke is definitely on my list. Luke Cunning, who would have thought this? Luke Cunning is on all three of our list to be protected. You go back. You go back to the first half of the season. You ask us this question. Luke Cunning's not being protected by any of us. I I don't think so. He earned it, but he earned it and he showed it. He he outperformed his expectations by far. I I know that. So he's got room to grow too. He's only going to get better. Yes, and he also made losing Nick Benino a little more. Oh, way 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 easier, way easier, way easier. Luke Cunning's like that Swiss Army knife out there. He can do a little bit of everything. He's out there bashing people he can score clutch goals he's got that tenacity he's got that fire and he's fire fire fireness to him he's just great so uh all right here's where a lot of people break apart i am also going to protect one of these eight million dollar contracts and the one i'm protecting is definitely ryan johansson i i think you leave him unprotected there's a good chance he becomes a second-line center at the minimum for Seattle. And I can see him flourishing in Seattle. I don't I, – I know that he's not performed up to $8 million. I get that. But I you can't sell me on the fact that uh, Seattle wouldn't take him. And I still and think he, he has – I still think he has a future for this team. I do. He spoke – he said all the right things as far as the coach speak and, and what you want to hear in, in the postseason pressers because that's that's who Ryan Johansson is. He's always been a very classy guy, a very stand-up guy. But the thing is, we don't know that Ryan Johansson doesn't want to go to Seattle. And that, the reason he I might. say that is – He might. He's from Vancouver. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a it's a stone's throw away to, it to can home. Be, that's that, that's yeah. as close as you get to playing near your hometown other than playing for the Canucks. It, it so. could be – Going to Seattle could be very attractive for a player like Ryan Johansson, who wants to be a wants to new scenery, wants a new, you know, he's going to tell you what you want to hear. He's going to tell press fans what they want to hear. It doesn't mean he's lying to us, but it does mean that he might deep down want a new fresh start somewhere else. And I could see him flourishing in Seattle, but not under my, if I'm GM, I'm protecting him. It ain't happening. So. Ryan oh, Johansson is protected on my list. Uh, let's go to the let's go to the defenseman. So I've, I've protected I've protected Soros four forwards. I'm protecting Roman Yossi, of course. No move clause. Even if he didn't have that no move clause, he'd be protected, of course. Ryan Ellis, I'm protecting uh, for sure. Matthias Ekholm, I'm protecting. He ain't going anywhere. He had arguably one of his best seasons of his career this past year. Uh, Roman Yossi even came out in the end of season presser and said that Ekholm was the MVP of the team. So uh, that's big words coming from the captain. So I'm protecting Ekholm. I'm trying okay. to figure out. I'm trying to figure out if I can rework his contract. Uh, that's another player that you have to figure out a, a new contract here coming up soon. And then I am also protecting Dante Fabro. 
And so that's my 8-1 scenario, which means I'm leaving Matt Duchesne exposed. And I've got my fingers crossed, if I'm David Poyle, that Seattle sees something and just falls in love with it and says, Matt Duchesne, you're the future of our franchise. We're going to sell a lot of jerseys. You're going to take up grunge music. You're going to be the new face of the franchise. We got all these social media posts already lined up for you. We got the red carpet rolled out for you. Mm. Matt Duchesne, the newest member of the Seattle Kraken. Mm. I don't know. That has a nice ring to it. There's a a trail of teams that felt similarly at one point. (laughs) Can I live in this fantasy land? That's why I'm leaving him uh, unprotected. That's my point. Maybe they'll fall for it. I think Maybe. they might be enticed by an Arvidsson. That's my thoughts. I think our, if you leave well, Arvidsson, so Ar- we trade yeah, him Arvidsson, Ar- Arvidsson is also exposed. And if Arvidsson t- gets taken by uh, the Kraken, as hard as it's, as it's going to be for me to see that happen, I'm okay with it. I'm going to – And he wouldn't have to do us, as much. Yeah, and none of us protected him. So that tells you something. Yeah, yeah I mean – um, I, th- I think that's a win scenario for the for Preds fans if Arvidsson goes to Seattle. Not because we hate Arvidsson or because we don't appreciate everything he's done, but I'll take that. I'll take well, that. The thing is, if, he, if he's taken, he's probably a third-line to fourth-line winger, if, if we're being honest. He's not top and six. With that, that takes a lot of pressure off him. He might thrive in that situation. He might. We've seen, we've seen guys with similar skill sets on some of these championship teams on the third and fourth line. I think that if he was on any of those teams, he could slide right in and be in that successful in that role. I, I As could, a top six, no. I could, I, mean, see Ar- I could see Arvidsson go to Seattle and score 15, 20 goals in an 82-game season easy. And yeah. he might do better under another coach. He might not. It might be. It might be a system thing. Again, like we said, John Hines, his system is very uh, very straightforward. It's almost like Barry Trotz's style. Um, it's just very like – you're, going to, you're trying to grind your opponent down. You're trying to play smart defense. You're trying to um, – you're relying on really good goaltending and you're relying on very good defense in front of your goaltender. And there are certain players that don't fit Heinz's system, and I definitely don't think Victor Arvidsson fits Heinz's system at all. And so that's one of the – that's a player you could see. Like, I don't think he's going to be protected. If he's not traded, I don't think he's going to be protected by, by David Poyle. Yeah. Unfortunately, I agree. I think we might try to find a trade partner. He does have a very friendly contract, and that's the thing is he might be, and this might be like pie in the sky, but he might be a trade piece with possibly Duchesne to say we'll give you a very friendly contract with a very unfriendly contract if you take both of them off our hands, and it makes life a lot easier for the Preds because they're not having to protect as many guys. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, we all love RV, but at the end of the day, like. He, he's done what he's done for us, and I think that's the ceiling. Hines' system, you know, do I feel crazy about it? No, but at the same time, like we've heard from Alex already who said, you know, you have to have forwards that can create, and that's not RV's game. That's not what it's predicated around. Um, and so he almost needs get line mates as much as Duchesne needs line mates. Um, but yeah, it, it's it'll be tough to see go, but he'll be kind of he'll look he'll be looked back on similar to like a Shea Weber would. Um, you know, this isn't like a Ryan Sutter situation, thank God. <laughs> but another, uh, yeah, yeah. An- so another another couple of players I left exposed that doesn't line up with you guys. I left Colton Sissons exposed, and I left Nick Cousins exposed. Which I can't believe you protected Nick Cousins over there, Rich. Who else you want to protect? I want to get rid. Of, I wanted to move Arby. Okay. Well, I didn't know I'm who else to take. I mean, I, did, I, I, I didn't. Pro- I didn't protect Nick Cousins. I appreciate what Cousins did. I, I do like yeah. his his fiery style that he plays. I just don't he doesn't really bring anything in terms of stats. Yeah, I just, I don't, 
I don't see. I don't. I don't necessarily think Seattle's going to take him, but I also don't think the Preds are going to be beating down the door to protect him. And then now, Colt, now, Colton Sissons was the one I battled hard with. Yeah. I was like, when I was doing my little cat friendly uh, worksheet, which I, if you haven't done that yet, all those uh, all, all your mm-hmm. hockey fans out there who are listening, go do it. Go get on Cat Friendly and do their expansion draft little worksheet. It's a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I battled with myself on leaving yeah. Colton Sissons exposed. I didn't like it at all. But I just – the way I was working it out, it came down to – it just came down to, okay, am I going to leave uh, Fabro exposed then? I don't want to do that. Am I going to leave Johansson exposed? I think that's the one where I really battled with it was between Sissons and Johansson. And I know people are going to push back, me, look back at me on this choice – but I went with protecting Johansson because I still think that Johansson can be a top – first of all, centers are so hard to find. And I know that Johansson has it in him. I know he does. Oh, yeah. And so if you put Johansson with the right line mates and you figure out a way to get this thing to work, I, he has a future on this team. And so I'm not ready to let him go. See, if I was going to protect Johansson – I would have I would have unprotected Cali Arncrook just because he's 29, he's not getting younger, and we kind of seen the the ceiling for Cali. I mean, not to say I don't love Cali, he's a great player, but that's kind of where I stand on that. Uh, before we gotta make sure we give a shout out to Eli for watching oh, my, my Twitter. My what's Twitter up, Eli? Well. What's up, Eli? What's up, writers? And what's up, uh, Mike? We appreciate friends, y'all. Friends of the pod. Oh yeah, Eli's yeah. been on the show before. He will be yep, on. Yep. Again, in a future episode, maybe next week. We'll see. Eli, there's your invite right there. Um, <laughs> take it or leave it, Eli. All right. So um, uh, so there's our protection list. Now it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty. Who are we predicting to be lost? Who, hmm. now that our protection lists are out there, let's go with Colin first. Colin, who are the Preds going to lose on July 21st? If it's based on my protection list, then I would say definitely Ryan Johansson. Um, could be Victor Arvidsson because of more friendly contract, but they're the same age. I think Ryan Johansson has more potential. I think he gets you local fans just because of how he played his youth hockey there and not in there, but in that area. Um, I just think, you know, Ryan Johansson has a lot left in the tank. I think that he is a very likable asset, even though it's $8 million. He hasn't performed well for us necessarily. Um, but I think that, you know, a team like the Kraken could really market around That'd him. Be. And him being a second-line center at minimum, I think he would do well yes. in that role. Um, depending, it, on, it, depending on who Seattle takes, he could be at their first-line center. And for an expansion team, for an expansion team, you could do a whole lot worse for your first line center than Ryan Johansson. If if they wanted to go young, I would say if it it were at least younger, I would say, um, which is crazy that I'm older than Ryan Johansson. That makes me feel old. But um, I would say if they wanted to go the younger route, they'd go Yakov Trenin. Okay, but 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 your official prediction is Ryan Johansson. Let's say Ryan Johansson. All right. What about you, Rich? Let's go. I'm going to say Arvidsson. Um, if you put him out there, you're, they'd be stupid not to take him out of all the, the ones who would be unprotected or whatever. Um, I just wouldn't want to give up Johansson. And I, I know everybody wants to get rid of him, but I wouldn't want to give up Duchesne either just because. I wouldn't say everybody wants to get rid of him, but yeah. it's, it's there's definitely a very strong segment yeah. of the fans who right. are anti-Johansson. You're right. I just I, think- I just look at what they did at the end of the season, and I just think that, you know, they're 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 really building on something. And the and the line of Forsberg, Johansson, and Duchesne, 
kind of intrigued me a little bit. I'd like there to kind of see where that see where that goes. But I just think that you it's know, gonna be the money, it's called the money line. Yeah, exactly. Oh well, it's definitely the that. money line. That's perfect, especially, especially when you have to pay Forsberg. Colin, yeah. Colin, Colin, we're gonna start making those shirts like <laughs> right after this episode. Yeah, after, money line. Let's, let's, let's wait till, wait till after, after let's wait till after the expansion draft. But that's a hell of a shirt right there. Oh, it's right. it's, it's, it's at least twenty one million dollars on your line that's, right there. That's so. nice. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. All right. We'll so, you, so we're all we're all disagreeing on who we think the Preds are gonna lose. And again, this is me going with my brain and not my heart. I don't want this to happen. So mm-hmm. I know Landry, who watches the show all the time, uh, tweeted at me right before the show and basically told me I might have to unfriend you if this is what you think is going to happen. Uh, Landry, I don't want to lose you as a friend, but I have to be painfully honest. This is what I think is going to happen. I think that where Seattle is going to be at and with the types of players they're picking, and I've kind of went through, I did, a, I did actually an entire mock draft of their team. It took me like a, over an hour to do it. But when you're a hockey nerd like I am, it was actually a lot of fun. But uh, I went and picked – I went and protected all the players for every NHL team, which is what you can do if you want to go on cap friendly and do it yourself. And it came down to I think Seattle could easily take Colton Sissons if the Preds don't protect him. I don't think the Preds are going to protect Colton Sissons. I think they're not going to want to – be in that position, but sometimes it just comes down to you have to do things you don't want to do. And so Colton Sissons is not going to be protected, and I could see the Seattle Kraken jumping all over that. You get yourself a solid depth defensive forward who is going to bring veteran experience. He's going to be a leader in the locker room. He's going to play center. He's going to be a glue guy. And those depth players are just as important sometimes as your second and and first line guys. And so – I, Colton Sissons would be perfect for an expansion team, especially if Seattle has to take a lot of young players off of some of these rosters. It's a perfect match for 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 uh, for Seattle if that's who, where, the direction they want to go. And it's going to hurt me to see that because the Preds are going to lose a very solid depth player if that happens. I don't hope it happens. Especially but that, up that fourth line. But that's my prediction. Here's the only reason I'm going to accept that, and it's because that means it leaves room for a new center on that line, and that gets us one step closer to the Mr. T line of Tomasino, Trenton, and Tolvanen. Now you're coming into my thinking here. You're absolutely right. You have to to think future here. The Preds are all about this youth movement. Well, if you want to accept a youth movement, then I'm sorry. You're going to have to be out with the old with some of this stuff. And by no means am I saying Col- Colton Sissons is over the hill and he's done for, but had you just mentioned Cal Yarncroke as he hit his ceiling, what about Colton Sissons? Has he not hit his ceiling? Yeah, that's fair. And I so, think Tomasino has a higher ceiling out of all of them anyway, so makes so room for him. That's, that's where I fall with it. I don't necessarily want to see that happening. I would much rather see Rich's scenario play out where it's Victor Arvidsson that goes. Again, I love you, Arvey. You've given me a lot of great memories as a Preds fan. But I would much rather Rich be right in this scenario. Out of all three of us, Rich, I hope your scenario is right. I hope that Victor Arvidsson goes to the Seattle Kraken. He's probably second to Matt Duchesne when it comes to players, I hope, goes to the Seattle Kraken. Matt Duchesne's number one. But I actually think Matt Duchesne's going to be on the Preds uh, opening night. I think think he said he was going to do whatever it took 
to stay in Nashville. So that sounds like threats. I don't know what he's going to do <laughs> to make that happen. But, well, yeah. I mean, they, they bought a really nice house, and he's he's embraced the scene. Yeah. I think that and he, there's and one he's guy that embraced Nashville. And he's, he's like a four, he's like a Ford truck sponsor too. Like he's like all over yeah. the radio uh, advertising. He Four dealerships. He's been doing the radio, radios, yeah, the radio show and all that stuff. Yeah, Matt Duchesne, Matt, Matt Duchesne's going to be on the Preds as much as we would love to see him on another team, some of us. And it's not because he's a horrible player. It's just you want to get away from that contract. So um, that's how we see it going. So, again, David Poyle has to have his protection list in. By July 17th, he did not offer any type of insight on what he's thinking on that. You wouldn't expect him to. Why would he? That would make no sense for him to just come out and say, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. But, um, yeah, so it's going to be really – that's our next big uh, thing on the offseason calendar. We have about a month of dead time where there's not a lot going on. But uh, that's that's when the dominoes are going to fall because once that happens, then you'll start seeing um, possibly some trades get worked out. We'll start speculating on that kind of stuff. So uh, – we really just have to wait for this expansion draft to get here. And so we've got some time to kill. We've got some things to think about here. We did put this out. We put a poll out. We always like to put our polls out before our episodes. Which player are you most worried about the Preds losing this off off season? Of course, on your Twitter polls, you can only put four options on there. So we also asked people to reply if they had someone different, but uh, so Grandland actually led the poll at 38% of people who are most players who are they're most worried about losing. Uh, Pecorine is at 28%. I'm surprised Granlin got more votes than, than uh, Rene, honestly. And then Ryan Johansson was 21%, and Matt Duchesne's all the way down there at 13%. So based on this <laughs> I, poll, I think, I, think it's fan, I think those fans being you know, just kind of – realistic because i think the the writing's kind of on the wall with renee of like yeah he's either doing he's either doing it this year or probably next year at this point yeah. it's not much longer and so realistically like the more the one that you're more feasibly you have the chance to protect is probably grandland if you can get him re-signed for a friendly deal so yeah i think uh, poils like, really push to try to get renee to stay so he doesn't have to go get oh yeah in. yeah gene vestal on twitter he replied to the poll and said number 14 he's worried about losing neck um, he said, I was very fearful it was going to happen at the trade deadline. The GM sounds confident he'll be able to keep him here, but so he had uh, Gene Vessel has his doubts on that. So, uh, thanks for responding to the poll there. Um, yeah, so I think the Preds are going to look very, very different in opening night. I think, I think you know, David Polo also has to be very worried about that too because if he doesn't resign him, I mean, he could have gotten something for him, yeah, and to, to see him walk for were. free for nothing, yeah. I mean, that is that's they're that's definitely gonna, yeah, malpractice, yeah. yeah they're, they're gonna track record of that happening too, so that's not <laughs> that would let's be bad. Go, let's, to get again. let's not go back to Ryan, yeah, Ryan Suter <laughs> again. I'm gonna mention that, but uh, for, for the fans, especially because Chad, you mentioned, you know, obviously it frees up some space. I put the graphic in there to share for anybody watching us live with the Mr. Tree graphic, but yep. you know, I'm all, I'm all for it. If, if, it, if it, if it takes losing Colton Sissons, I will be hurt. Uh, but if we get the Mr. T line, you know, that's something that's exciting to see. But I, yeah, yeah I think that Colton Sissons, I think would be my big worry if that, if that was to come to fruition. Yeah. yeah. I think we all feel that way. 
All right, real quick before we uh, get to Max Greenberg on the other side of the segment, before we get to Max Greenberg, who's joined us, Predlines contributor, he, we're going to talk more about this. We're also going to talk about uh, Dante Fabro, and he wrote a really good article uh, a couple weeks ago uh, talking about Dante Fabro and what, what he thinks is going on or uh, the confusion of what's going on with Dante Fabro and why he didn't play in that playoff series. We're also going to talk about his thoughts on what he thinks the Predators should do on the offseason. So stay tuned for that on the other side. But, but but before we get to that, I also wanted to say the NHL draft lottery results happened, and uh, the Buffalo Sabres won the number one overall pick. They kind of deserve it, let's be honest, after the season they had. So the Sabres got the number one pick. The Seattle Kraken got the number two overall pick. The Anaheim Ducks are number three. The Devils are number four. And the Blue Jackets got the number five overall pick after a horrible, disappointing season. For the Columbus Blue Jackets, they got the number five overall pick. So I did want to share those results of the draft lottery. And so other than that, uh, anything you guys got before we uh, get to Max Greenberg on the other side? No, just looking forward to getting this expansion draft out of the way. Yeah, I think that's what we're all ready for. Yeah, that's what we're all ready for. Need to move forward after that. Yes. You think it couldn't be, but watch it be a quiet offseason. I'll be so mad. <laughs> oh, I know. That's, I mean, that's the one uh, thing. Like, thing. We don't need to make lots of it. moves. Well, we don't need yeah. to make lots of moves. We need to make a move to get if the pre- some if the sort pre- of uh, – If the yeah. Preds go into – if the Preds go through this offseason with the only change to their roster being the player they lose in the expansion draft and they go into next season with David Poyle dropping these quotes of, we're going to make one more run in it. We got one more run in it with us. I'm good. Yeah, I think we're all going to bash our computer screens and no, uh, not, not be, be, uh, be upset. I don't, like, so. I don't like seeing guys move around, but I know it's necessary. But I even, mean, even, I, even I want people to move to, to move three four straight years of falling drastically short of expectations. Yeah, it can't be thing, going down this road. Don't yeah. renew some of these UFA these UFAs that we don't need. I'm sorry, they were great for us this season, but I don't think that there are many guys worth worthy of bringing back that were short term loan or you know short term loans basically. And if you're gonna give us a youth movement, give us a youth movement. We saw what they did. They they exactly. gotta have their time. So it's and we'll time. embrace it, and we will embrace it. We'll live we'll with the results. With yeah, we will live with the results. What we can't live with anymore is seeing the same mess trotted out every year. And only to lose in the first round of the playoffs. It's getting old. It's not 2008 anymore where we were just happy to be there. It's done. Start building a foundation that can win a Stanley Cup and stop delaying the inevitable. That's all I'm asking from you, David Poyle. Stop delaying the inevitable. It was nice. You made the playoffs. You gave us some good playoff memories against the Hurricanes. It's done. Make some moves. Make some moves. Let's let's see an aggressive offseason. We're about to get into it right now with Max Greenberg on the other side. This is uh, episode 50 of the Catfish and Ice podcast. We're presented by DraftKings and, of course, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Thanks for listening, everybody. And welcome back to episode 50 of the Catfish and Ice podcast, brought to you by DraftKings, our sponsor, and we are part of the Hockey Podcast Network, a milestone episode for us, episode 50. We appreciate everyone for following along through all these episodes, and we hope you stick around for us for many, many more episodes to come. 
And this episode has been all about the expansion draft, which is a little over a month away before the GMs have to have their protection list in. And so this has been our theme for the episode. And we're excited because we have Max Greenberg of Predlines.com, a fellow contributor of ours. Uh, He's part of the Predlines crew. We are very uh, joined for this episode. Max, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. I I was actually on the um, commenting on the um, podcast last week, as Rich pointed out toward the end. And I just I wanted to get on one because you know, obviously being a fan and being running for headlines for so long, I thought it'd be good to finally get here. So here I am. And we are. Yeah, we are really thankful for you to come on. Uh, we love having uh, all of our Predlines buddies on. And so uh, you've, you've, you've written some really great content for Predlines. And so uh, the first question I got to ask you, though, is uh, kind of the topic of your most recent article, which is basically talking about what the Preds shouldn't do this offseason, what they can't repeat. And so just kind of like talk about how you feel like what the Preds should do this offseason and what they shouldn't do. Uh, just from your thoughts on that. Okay, so as I pretty much mentioned in the article, we were told last offseason the, the youth movement is going to begin. That didn't happen. We made signings like Nick Cousins, Eric Halla, Matt Benning, Mark Warwiecki, Brad Richardson, who I don't understand John Hines' <laughs> obsession with. But anyway, we made all these additions, and pretty much that kind of thing can't happen again. We... Really, this summer is when we need to begin the youth movement. I want to have enough room on the roster next year. I want to see Rem Pitlick play. He looked pretty good. He didn't play much, but when he did, he looked good. I want to yeah. see Phil Tomasino play. He's had a lot of promise. And from what I could hear, I haven't, I haven't watched him play a ton yet, but from what I could hear, he is close to cracking the, the ice. And even if – I'll get there in a second, actually. So, And then David Ference, he looked didn't look too bad in his the season finale when he got – um, when he got to play, and David, I mean, Jeremy Davies, excuse me, and, you know, even though he kind of struggled, especially the last game he played against Carolina, he really looked like a deer in the headlights. I want to see these guys get some time. You know, I feel like we keep saying, even if this team really has to struggle next year, it's important for this, for these players to get some experience. It's been proven time and time again. The old core, or the current core, I should say, is not going to get it done. We don't have enough good players you know yeah we a lot of us talk about when forsberg's your best forward it's not really going to work out and and i guess one of the other things we were talking in our um, preds group channel a, a little bit ago about getting a superstar forward and the main guy we were talking about was jack eichel and colin and chad you were talking about how that's of course not going to happen it's likely oh. not going to happen because mainly not just because it's eichel because Poyle doesn't have a history of going for these big name, not just big name, these superstar caliber forwards. But it needs to happen at some point. We need one of those guys. And maybe that's what doing bad in the regular season will do. Maybe get us that, get, it, get us into a position to draft a player because you never know with the way the lottery works nowadays. We saw last year with with one of the teams, and of course you can't bank on that, but you know, being in that position to where you can get a high pick in the draft, you know, it's possible. When it maybe comes that to a... When it comes to Jack Eichel, call me the Debbie Downer here. Call me like the negative person on the show, which I've been labeled as, and and I'll take that. I'll take that and run with it. But Jack Eichel coming to the Nashville Predators, I mean, I just feel like the Preds don't aren't in the right position to do that right now. But 
we can fantasize on it. We can think about it. Um, we've already made a bet, and we had to go down to mustaches, and I lost that bet. <laughs> I've already made the bet. I'll run. I'll run my bare ass across the pedestrian bridge in Nashville if, if Jack Eichel is wearing a press jersey next season. Um, that's how confident I am, and I live up to my bets. I live up to my bets. But you didn't learn the lesson. I did not learn my lesson. I feel like this is a. I feel like this. I feel like this bet is way, way more in my favor than the oh. five wins in a row bet. I do. It is way worse if it comes okay. true. It is way worse if it comes. It true. is way worse. The stakes are way higher. You are right about that, uh, Rich. Rich, uh, go, go ahead with your question for Max. Yeah. So I just want to ask you real quick. Uh, like my, one of my favorite things to talk about is the goaltenders, and I know that it's up in the air with Pecorine whether he's going to come back or not. So let's just pretend he doesn't come back. What do they do? What do you think they should do? I That's think you, I, really I think you have no choice but to sign um, – I mean, not maybe to sign, but to maybe get Connor Ingram back up. I know he had a, a lot of mental health issues and he took off for a while from he, – he is doing much better right now. That's what I heard. Yeah. So that maybe you can bring him up and maybe or maybe sign someone. I know Carter Hutton's a free agent. Maybe bring him back. Um, there's always, I mean, backup goaltenders are always, I don't really know, I don't necessarily know who all is yeah. on the market, but go, backup goaltenders are a dime a dozen. You got to do something, I feel like. And yeah. I mean, this will never, this will never happen, but who knows? Maybe Asquale could be ready for a backup role. I mean, I, that, I seriously well, doubt that, but. He's got to, he's got to wait. He's got to yeah. live out his uh, KHL contract first. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So Ascaro yeah, is not going to be ready next season. But he is absolutely the future of this team. Yeah. All these people, real quick before we go to Colin's question, let me let me say this right now because you brought up Askarov. Uh, all these people who are saying let's trade Askarov, that's just lunacy right now. Like that makes no sense. Why would you take eleventh overall pick and draft a generational goaltender just to use him as trade bait? That makes no sense whatsoever. So anyone who's out there saying that, please tweet the show. Tweet me personally. And uh, we can have a very, uh, very heated discussion on that because that makes no sense at this point. Now, here, here's Talk a about question. Trading Askarov. Here's a question. So, what happens if Soros still continues on this trajectory he's on, and then Askarov eventually becomes ready? Well, then, then you have a well. A lot of teams do this already. They they have a one-two punch. It's becoming yeah. kind of a normal thing in the league where you have a one-two punch. So, your worst case scenario is you have a really you have almost what you already had for the longest time with with uh, Pekka and Soros. You have a really great one-two combination. You have Soros, who's turning into a veteran, and you have the young up-and-comer. You're basically repeating a cycle that you already had with Pekka and Soros for the longest time. That's kind of how I see it. But okay. uh, that, that that's a couple seasons down the road. Right. But, and uh, you have to remember, though, they're going to be restricted free agents for a while. So Let's right. go to Colin. Let's go to Colin with this uh, next question. Yeah, I think the, the Ingram piece, I mean, it was nice to see him kind of bounce back. I kind of I wanted to make sure I said I like the, the prospect of uh, – Anti Renta, I think that you know I've been watching the Coyotes obviously too. So yeah. him being a free agent, I think yes. that he'd be a good get, and he gives you thirty solid games at least. Mm-hmm. So somebody else, somebody else out there who's good, and I know you're going to call me a Boston homer or something, but Halak, Yaroslav Halak, I think yes. I think he would actually be a good backup because he's yes. He's there are definitely one. some good ones out there. Uh, my my question. So obviously, I mean, you know, pie in the sky dreams. Like we'd love to have Jack Eichel. I mean, that's not the that's not in question. It's just a matter of you know how feasible is it. And so, I think the question that for me is, what do you think? What do you what do you say is a Predators best asset that might, might be trade worthy? That's not Askarov. That's not um, potentially Dante Fabo, who we're going to talk about in a, in a while. But I think 
just based on the way he was used, I, I mean, Poyle said that he thinks he's a piece of the future. I don't know. I don't know what to believe. But ba based on the way, at least from what I've seen, the evidence we have, he's not being viewed as someone who can, is really that valued by the organization. So maybe he's a, a piece, or you never know. Maybe one of the eight, maybe one of the eight million dollar players who gets. I mean, it's, it's the Sabers, so they they could buy it. And let me just say right now, that's something I also want to talk about. Something we need to do this offseason, I think, and I all you guys have said it on the previous podcast, and I think we've written about it on Predlines. One of those guys has to go, and I don't particularly care which. I thought both did good things. If if I really, really had to choose one, probably keep Johansson just because of what he's done in the playoffs in the past few years. But I really wouldn't care. My thought is, actually, let's get let's get to that. This has to do with the expansion draft. Let's get to that later. <laughs> well, okay. Well, let, let's talk about uh... – Let's, let's get into Dante Fabro here. You wrote a really – an article that got a lot of attention. It was a really well-written article, basically talking about what is going on with Dante Fabro. And this was when the Preds were still um, – they weren't eliminated yet. And, you know, of course we know Fabro was not used in the playoffs. It threw a lot of people off. I'm one of the biggest Fabro fans you'll see. I – it's a lot of the criticism this guy gets. I don't get it because the guy is still so young. He's been thrown into situations that how can you expect a player of his inexperience to just turn into Roman Yossi all of a sudden or Matias Ekholm or Ryan Ellis? It's not realistic. It's not going to happen. The guy has so much potential, and I feel like he's going to get there. And I want you to expand on what you wrote about and what you feel about Fabro's future with this team. I just – it's all kinds of confusion. It's nothing but confusion from what, from my point of view. And especially because the guy who played for him, Ben Harper, in his spot, just looked terrible. He got walked around constantly. He was getting beat everywhere. He just couldn't keep pace with the speed of the Hurricanes. And keeping him in, I just don't get it. And and I don't I don't think it's injury-related. I mentioned that on in my article because I don't know how you play him 22 minutes in the season finale if that's the case. And then I also don't get that they brought him out to skate in the warm-ups for game four and then just bench him. Like, oh, I don't yeah. get it. What, what's well, in the, uh, in the press conference, they did uh, – Poyle did kind of hint at, oh, there, he is, he's got a bright future. He's a part of this team. We hope we have him back, yada, yada, yada. Like, he heard all these things. We were like, oh, yeah, the organization. Uh, John Hines said it as well. We believe in this player. We believe in him. He showed a lot of promise. He did a lot of great things this season. You heard all of that stuff. And so um, you just have to wonder what's going to happen over the offseason. And that's why I thought it was a really well-timed article that you wrote. And it did get some pushback. Some people uh, did not agree with some of your points. But uh, that's that's okay. But, uh, you know, there's – you do – it's it's only understandable to wonder why was he not playing. At the very least – third pairing minutes in this series. Right. And as I mentioned in the article, and again, it, this is pure speculation, not based on facts, anything. I yeah. feel like it's got to be disciplinary or personal reasons because I just don't get why he's not on the ice. Because his and talent's there. The talent's there. Exactly. He, should, he, he should absolutely been in, be in over Ben Harper or definitely Ben Harper, as you it, said. Exactly my point. At the very least, he's better than that. The only, thing, the only tactical thing I could think of for why Heinz would play him over Harper over Fabros because of the 
physicality. And if that's the reason, let me just say What's, right. Hey, that, that's Hines' style, though. He's right. very much more like a trot, Barry Trotz type of coaching style where he wants to play very conservative, slow the game down, be low scoring, play a physical brand of hockey. So that's really the only thing I can really take out of it is he decided that Dante Fabro was not ready for this moment and Ben Harper played a more physical brand of hockey and that's what he wanted to use against the Carolina Hurricanes. And we got ousted in six, even though the Preds did put up a really great effort, but you still lost. So, yeah. And I'll just say, this is going to sound kind of harsh, but I'll just say, if that's the reason, John Hines needs to be fired. Like, that's that's just dumb well, to me. Like, let's go to Rich again. Rich, you got another question, man? Yeah, so <clears throat> this is probably another touchy subject with Preds fans with Rocco Grimaldi. Um, yes. I know, you know, we've all talked about it before. He's kind of a defensive liability. He is a fast skater. He handles the puck well. He really showed what he could do, you know, in the last game of the season. Do you think he would have had any kind of impact if he would have been in the Carolina series at all? I'm kind of of leaning towards not as much. Like, it wouldn't have been, like, enough to, like, be a game changer or anything. But we did, like, need some scoring and some speed. I I definitely think so. And I'll go back to – um, kind of Heinz's insistence on playing, you know, big physical guys. His insistence mm-hmm. on playing Brad Richardson, I just did not get. Yes, he fits the style, but at some point you need a little variation in your lineup. I feel you need some, you need some speed, and he he's this talent is there. He has the speed, he has the skill. Mm-hmm. I and to me, watching Richardson, he didn't do much of anything. Uh, at least Rocco would have provided something there. Would have provided yeah. a spark. I think, I think I think the argument with Grimaldi was, and I really don't know where I fall in this. I'm kind of like, and I want Colin to chime in on this too. I don't know really what side I fall on this, but I'm very 50-50 on this. I love yeah. Rocco Grimaldi. I love what he brings. I love his tenacity. I love how he doesn't give up on plays. You can trust this guy to leave 110%. Excuse me for the cliche, but you can, you can expect him to have 110% on the ice. You can expect him to not leave anything extra that he couldn't have put out there for you. And so for that, that made me want him in the lineup. But then I looked at the starting lineup and I was like, who do we put in? Who do we take out over him? And that's kind of where I kind of like had had some struggles, honestly, because yeah. Rago Grimaldi does not play a lot of defense. And yeah. he just can't. He's not that type of player. And so that's kind of where I was like split on it. I really didn't know if I could find a spot for him in that lineup as much as I did want him to play. Uh, Colin, how do you feel about it, man? Rocco should have been in. He shouldn't have been in. I think he should have, and I would have put him person over Brad Richardson. Um, I'm with Max on on that. I think that I get that Brad Richardson, you know, is a big body, and that's something that he likes. He likes veteran presence. My thing is, this is my frustration. I've said it before. Veteran presence means very little to me if that veteran hasn't done anything with their veteran experience. Like, I'm sorry, Brad Richardson. Congratulations. You 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 beat a bubble team, you know, for – Branson, like, congratulations for being, you know, the sixth guy on the, ooh, is the Flyers defense. Like, I, I just don't care about the veteran experience if it's not good experience. Like, that's it's such a, a tired argument. So, but at the same time, on this flip side for Rocco, and, you know, speaking on Rocco's behalf, like, when you interview the team, when you talk to the team, you see all these, the feedback they get. They say the hardest working guy, one of the hardest working guys on that team is Rocco Gamaldi. And so I get it. He was a defensive liability to an extent. And and really, realistically, he looked like when we saw him in the last game, I know it was against, you know, their scrubs and it was our scrubs or whatever you want to call it, whatever it is, we still got the win. But 
he looked much better on defense. He looked like he had been working on his game. On top of that, he scored an empty netter because he was on the the uh, not an empty netter. He scored a um, a shorthanded goal when he was on the penalty kill. Like you don't yeah. put a guy that's a defensive liability on the penalty kill. He wasn't out there by accident. He he got it done. And so I think that you know a season's a long time for a guy to start you know trying to show improvement. I think we saw a lot of improvement in his defensive game. He might have gotten what I saw was he. You have to look at Rocco on the whole. So obviously, like his size, he's a smaller guy. He can get beat off the puck sometimes. What he's really good at is poke checking. What he's really good at is outskating the other skater. For me, I saw improvement in that. I saw him. You know, he might have gotten beaten off the off the puck, but he could poke it away from someone towards you know either a safer spot or towards towards a teammate. He could outskate someone, get in front of him. I mean, he he improved his defensive game. So I think in that moment we we flinched. That's, that's really how I feel mm-hmm. about it. Um, but I don't, I, I would definitely put him over Brad Richardson. I mean, Brad Richardson didn't play terrible, but I think Rocco Grimaldi gives you a better scoring threat than Brad Richardson does. And one thing I want to say about just a testament to how hard Grimaldi works is when I first started, when he first came into the lineup and we started watching him, it looked like he could barely shoot the puck. All of his goals just seemed like were from in close or were the, or the result of him doing a bunch of stick handling and beating guys with the speed. But over the course of his career, since he's really coming to his own in Nashville, it hits it's really improved. And one of the goals he scored against Chicago, it was a good shot. Mm-hmm. And so he yeah. wor- the he's, guy he's worked got a, hard. He's got a deadly accurate shot. He does. Yeah. He's very pinpoint. He pinpoint he, accuracy. He couldn't really do that. Yeah. yeah. That's a very good I mean, point you make there, Max. I mean, his stick handling is really excellent. Like, that short-handed yeah. goal. I mean, that was just – All right. So, again, again, we're being joined by Max Greenberg, contributor to Predlines.com. Uh Let's let's uh let's get you out of here with this right here for episode fifty. It is the expansion draft episode, and this is the main theme of the episode, which is a main theme of this offseason for every NHL team right now. And so let's get you out of here with this. We've already uh, me, Colin, and Rich have already unveiled who we think we're going to lose in the uh, expansion draft. We've already unveiled who we think who we're protecting, who we're not protecting. It's your turn. Let us know. Yeah, let us know real quick who do you, who are you protecting? Who's being left exposed, and who ultimately becomes the newest member of the Seattle Kraken from the Nashville Predators? You're okay. probably going to break some people's hearts here. Just warning. So, so, you want me to start with my protection list? Yeah, yeah. Let us know who you're protecting real quick. Let's okay. let us know if you're going. Are you going the eight one format, or are you going? I am uh, going to be, I'm going the eight one format. Okay. All okay. Right, cool. So. Obviously, Yossi's going to be there as a new yep. clause, and even if yep. not, you, I don't have to say much about that. Ellis yep. will be protected because he's one of the more prominent members of the blue line. Echo will be there. Poyle's already said I'm not losing him to expansion, and he shouldn't. Boris yep. will be protected because, yeah. So that, that, the that top four – That would take general manager malpractice if they did not protect <laughs> Forsberg. So let's go ahead and put that one firmly in the protection slot. The yeah. top four, I think everyone can agree on there. But yeah. here's so here's where we really get into um, some disagreement potentially. So my first, and it was pretty easy for me from the fifth spot, Luke Cundin. I think you've got to protect him. After he came back from his injury, he was he was almost unstoppable. It seemed like he was getting a point every game, and his physicality, net from presence. That's Heinz definitely can't get rid of him. If he insists on playing these physical forwards, you have to keep him. That's in the our. Game. Uh, Luke Cunning is our off-season uh, jewel of yeah. the last off-season. Yeah. And he's only 23, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I, and I slightly impulsively put on Twitter after he scored the game-winning goal against the Hurricanes that I'd be buying a jersey if he wasn't tanked by Seattle. So 
say right here again. You can still hold me to that right there. I will do that right. if he doesn't get taken. All right. So that's good. next, next that's um, a, guy. That, that, that's a way better bet than what I took earlier. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he knows how to bet things. Mine probably will happen. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, all right. give us so your next one. Next, next one, Alexander Carrier. Um, yeah. After what he did this year, he came in and he honestly looked super comfortable. He, well, the only mistake I remember making. I don't think Carrier is a, uh, has to be protected. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, according exactly. to Cat Friendly, I, I think according to Cat Friendly, he does because he they were. Are you sure? No, he, he, he didn't play he's enough got games. Two games. Yeah, he's got two games remaining. He came just short. I could have sworn he could be. Or had to be protected. I, no, I, he doesn't. Well, years ago, on um, some from replies from Cap Friendly for the Vegas expansion draft, remember it's the same rules, and they replied to someone who said, unless that player is in the exempt column, they have to be protected. Unless they're in that exempt column, that's what I was. That's what Cap Friendly replied. We get, we'll double check it here. Yeah, there is a lot of confusion with this expansion draft. I will say that. I, I am pretty sure Carrier has to be protected if. He's got two games left, as a cap friendly saying right now. So, huh. yeah, because I, I saw the same thing you did, Max. Somebody had said something about I thought he didn't have. I, game there was actually a reply to that. What you were talking about, Colin, and it said all that really does it because, like, if you if you look on the, is it, I don't know how to explain this. There's a certain thing where it says you have to leave a certain amount of forwards left who have played enough games in the year because even veterans who would be exposed. Who are ignoring the exposed? They they have the same thing. Ryan Kessler, for example, from Anaheim, I believe it was. He obviously has not played enough games. I think that's talking about just the season remaining. I don't know exactly. Well, they've had to. Uh, yeah, they've had to. I mean, so the rule comes down to uh, you've had to have played at least forty NHL games. I know that this is all prorated because it was a fifty-six game season, but uh, forty NHL games that season or seventy the past two seasons is the uh, is what you must expose. Um, or expose two forwards, one one defenseman that are under contract for 2021-22. So, and I think that's what it's talking about. Okay. I well, think that's what it's talking about. Well, if they have to protect Carrier, just for the sake of argument right now, if they have to protect Carrier, they absolutely do have to protect him. Yes. I'm yes. right there with you on that. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Go on with the next ne- one. The, the next two were really – I had to think long and hard on these ones, but I – the first one was Fabro. As much as much confusion as there is around him, Poyle saying that what he believes in him for the future, that at the very least makes me believe he's not going to lose him to expansion. If he loses him, I feel like he's going to be in a trade. You know, at least, you know, so much of what is done in the league is protecting players' value. And I feel like Poyle saying that's a, bit, a play to protect his value. That could be what it is. But also, losing him in the expansion, just exposing would pretty much destroy his value in a sense, at, or at the very least make the Preds lose him for nothing. So I, I think that Poyle the so very that least means, wants to. So that, that means we already have a five defensemen we're protecting yes. on your list. All yeah. right, let's go to your and next one. The next one, the, the last skater, and I'll just say real quickly, Sorrels be the goaltender protected everyone. Yeah, of knows course, that. Yeah. 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 But the last one, I felt, let me say this. My heart and what I would do is telling me, and it's going to shock a lot of people, here we go. Here it is. It, it's going to say protect Tanner Janot because of what he did. He only played 15 games this year, but every game he played, he was making an impact. He was physical. He was getting on the net. He was scoring. And that la- the goal he scored in the season finale against the Hurricanes, I don't remember who he was against, but he worked hard to get the puck away. from. He stole it. It seemed out of nowhere, and he put it in the net. Like That's that's not just that, – that's like we're talking about Brock Grimaldi. That kind of determination – 
Mm-hmm. And that attitude will, will make a great career. So if, yeah. if I were David Poyle, that's who, I'd, that's who I would protect. But my head is telling me what I think is going to happen is that Victor Arvidsson's going to get it. Because as I talked about, um, so let me just say this, you know, I'm not, I, don't, I would not necessarily prioritize keeping him this year because at this, this point, there seems to be more questions than answers. I'm not going to be the kind of guy that says keep him in case he could do well because the past years has proven he's not the same player he once was. But it, it's one of the situations where if you expose him, you're pretty much saying we give up on him and you can get nothing in return. So I feel like Poyo's going to want at least try this. I think that's what he's going to do. Yeah. I think that uh, Arvidsson needs to be traded before he's lost in an expansion draft. I agree. Me personally. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, me personally. Yes. But um, I do think that at the same time, I, I'm right there with you that I think our time is probably over with Arvidsson. Uh, thanks for the memories. It was awesome. Uh, he's he's definitely maybe, just for the sake of argument, you could put him top 10 Preds of all time maybe. Who knows? Top 15. Maybe. I don't know. That could be it for another episode. But the point is, he's definitely up there in terms of all-time great Preds as far as just everything he's done, both on and off the ice, his personality, the way he plays. It's going to be tough to see him play for another uh, team, but I do think that's his uh, future. I don't think he's going to retire a Nashville Predator. And what's so unfortunate is when you look at his game, he is a talented player. He's yeah. fast. He can shoot oh. the puck. In the Edmonton bubble, he was going off. And I was convinced, wow, he actually could bounce back. But then he doesn't. So I guess we can all thank Robert Bertuzzo for that. I think he he got hurt in, and he might have healed from that. But I just think that I don't think something – It also comes down to what – how do you fit in John Hines' system? And so that's why – the Preds probably need to embrace a new identity and a new era. If they're going to stick with John Hines as their coach, then they have to break away from Peter Laviolette's style and maybe get rid of some of these players who were around during Peter Laviolette's uh, time when they did go to the Stanley Cup. And that's just it. That's what, that's what it is. I was going to say, I blame the, uh, the dentist that did those veneers because he hasn't been the same since he got his teeth fixed. That's right. And he just had a kid. He's had a kid. Not yeah. he's not in his right mind. I will say <laughs> something that not all people talk about with Arvidsson, but unfortunately, I'm not one of the people that really thinks it was a Portuzo injury that caused his downfalls. Because when you look at it beforehand, he had like 14 points in 23 games or something like that. that that's not much for him at all. Yeah, and well, I, well, I mean, well, that, it's not all about points, but still, yeah. like, I feel like he was kind of on the decline. But of course, the injury made it worse. But it was also not a very good Preds team at the time. But yeah, yeah. I agree. Right. Yeah. Well, Max, Max, it's been a pleasure having you on yeah. uh, for you. episode fifty. Uh, again, this uh, Max Greenberg's been our guest uh, for episode fifty of the Catfish and Ice podcast expansion draft episode, off season episode, of course, as we're. Fully entrenched in the offseason, unfortunately, as some other NHL teams are still in the playoffs. We are thinking full offseason right now. Max, we appreciate it. We will have you on in a future episode. Uh, Take care. This has been episode 50 of the Catfish and Ice podcast presented by DraftKings. Go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to bet on some NBA playoff action. This has been uh, Chad Minton, Colin Blue, and Rich Howard bringing you episode 50. We can't wait to see you again next week for episode 51. Until then, everyone stay safe and take care of each other. We'll see you next time.
Richie Corey Branca. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, this game, this game, is, this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh. I actually, they actually make me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network.